Welcome back to the Get Loved Up podcast, your number one resource for inspiration and motivation to live your purpose, make healthy living a priority, and thrive doing what you love. I'm your host, Koya Webb, a small town girl who chased her dreams and caught them, a former track and field athlete who healed using spirituality and yoga, and an entrepreneur who didn't let sexual assault racism, and insecurities dim her light. And now it's your turn to allow these episodes with some of the top voices in spirituality, wellness, and entrepreneurship to inspire you to thrive. Let's get loved up together. Oludara Adio is a therapist and author of Self-Care for Black Women. Based in Los Angeles, California, she works as a psychiatric social worker where she assists individuals experiencing homelessness, as well as severe and persistent mental illnesses. Oludara is passionate about helping people improve their overall well-being, especially Black women. Before becoming a social worker, Oludara spent seven plus years working as a writer and editor. She has been an associate web editor at Cosmopolitan and managing editor at XXL. Oludara grew up in Edison, New Jersey. She loves Beyonce, hot yoga, cooking, and watching telenovelas. Oludara! So excited. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I am just so mesmerized by you. Thank you. I mean, your book, hold up, so everyone can see it, Self-Care for Black Women, 150 Ways to Radically Accept and Prioritize Your Mind, Body, and Soul. Yes. Wow. Yes. What inspired this book? Oh, so many things, so many things. I think... For me, it started with my mom. My mom passed away in 2013. She was 62. She And before that, she had been sick for many, many years. She had rheumatoid arthritis and um, just had other health issues. And once like the rheumatoid arthritis got really bad and she became disabled, it was just like she hadn't been taking care of herself all those years beforehand. So um, she just never really got better. And then she passed away. And, um, you know, at the time she was going through her own health issues. I was also experiencing some of mine. I was going through, um, I recently diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and that was something new to me. And I was navigating my own health issues while also taking care of my mom. So it really made me kind of open my eyes to be like, okay, like I need to take myself seriously. I need to take my health take care of my health. And um, at the time I was working at Cosmo magazine and that is a very, that was a very stressful job. And, um, you know, I was going through my own workplace trauma through there, just, you know, being one of the only black women in that space and um, health issues, my mom. So I feel like that was kind of the spark for me. Um, And as I went further in my career and as a journalist, I was working at Cosmo and then I quit and then I went to go work at Double XL. I really, I realized like, this is not the industry for me. I want a balanced life. And um, if anyone knows as a journalist, you don't really have a balanced life because you're working 24 seven. And I was also in the music industry at the end because of Double XL. So that was also very toxic. So mm. um, I feel like I just had like an awakening moment one day in a meeting with a boss who was just yelling. And I was just like, why am I sitting here being yelled at about, you know, entertainment news? Like what is going on? Wow. So um, I quit without a job. And basically I just went on my own journey to kind of find my next path Mm -hmm. and that led me to getting my master's of social work at university of southern california Mm -hmm. 
And that also led me to taking self-care seriously because now I was becoming a practitioner. I was getting ready to be a therapist. And I basically was like, I need to take care of myself. I need to deal with my, de- deal with my things. Mm-hmm. And once I started to do that, um, it just like lit up the path. Mm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, my condolences for your mother. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of grief yeah. around um, a parent transition. And can you share some of the stages of grief mm-hmm. you went through and how you use self-care to get through yeah, those things? Absolutely. Well, you know, no, as a therapist, I know like the, there's the stages of grief, you know, right. depression, you know, and as you go through all of them, there's about five stages. And like, I would say that I was depressed after my mom passed, but I also was not aware that I was depressed. Mm-hmm. And I quickly like dived into doing my work. Um, and I just could not, you couldn't tell me I was depressed. I, I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like I'm, you know, we knew it was coming. We, it came too soon, but you know, we knew it was coming. But at the same time, you're never really prepared for a parent's death, even if, even if they are sick in the hospital. And um, so, I mean, I knew my mom's death was coming because she died on New Year's Eve. And even before that, she was in the hospital. And um, I'm a very spiritual person. And I just, I had a feeling. I just had this feeling. And I was just like, this is, oh, I was just like, I, I just can't believe this. Like, I'm not ready to face this. And when she passed, um, you know, it was a shock. And after that, went into um, an active depression. And then, um, you know, I really just was like trying to figure it out, trying to do all these practical things to help me. And then I would say probably started therapy maybe about five years after my mom passed. Mm -hmm. And then that actually opened up a lot more. And I got to dive deeper into, you know, what was going on on the inside of me. And that, that I would say therapy was really an eye opener for me and mm-hmm. just, you know, trying to break any generational patterns that my mom was doing and anything that happened in my childhood and anything that happened, you know, just, just from growing up in a immigrant household because my parents are Nigerian. So just from growing up in an immigrant household. So I feel like, yeah, that was the self-care played an integral part in me getting to a better place now where that like almost 10 years later, I finally feel like true joy and I'm happy mm-hmm. And I know myself better now and I'm not afraid of the emotions because because that was what it was. It was like I was afraid to meet those emotions, to be sad. And, you know, and I do get sad at times because it's like, of course, like I I want my mom to be at my wedding or if I get married, I want her to meet my nieces and nephews like, you know, like and like grandchildren and like all these things. So it's um, it's hard. It's hard. And so, yeah. Thank you. And I I love that you champion therapy because I too (laughs) think that it needs to be demystified Mm -hmm. and that the more that you say, I'm having therapy, I also um, have therapy. And we can work through some of Mm -hmm. those those traumas. And you talk about, you know, generational trauma Mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. And I would love for you to share like some of the things that you feel like are stopping with you. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's important to acknowledge like, yes, this was in my past. Yes. But this stops with me. Yes. Ooh, that is so good. And I think that is... So I like to say that the book for me is um, generational work mm. um, because it really is. And I, you know, my mom really did inspire this. So um, for me, it's not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. 
to be to be quite honest because my mom didn't do that and I didn't really see her take care of herself I you know in the past as I like to call myself a former strong black woman I was known as the strong friend I was the one who like you know you could go to any time no matter what I'm going through like I'm always going to be there for someone else and I really had to learn like that that pattern it stops with me I'm not going to ignore my emotions I'm not going to you know, put my health in jeopardy just because I feel like I need to be perceived as this really super woman um, because um, I'm tired, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm tired. And I will say like, there was a moment in therapy a couple years ago where I was talking to my therapist about this health issue that I was like, I don't know, should I go to the doctor? Should I like, you know, try to dive deeper into it, see like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And um, and then I was also telling her about how like my mom, like there, there's this story about my mom where she like was, sick and like and when I was maybe just about born and we were in Switzerland and like she didn't want to they wanted to do surgery on her in Switzerland and we were about to go on a plane to Nigeria and my mom was just like no I don't want to do that just give me the medication Mm. and so when she got to Nigeria she ended up having to get surgery or whatever but I was sharing that with my therapist and then at the same time I was talking about how yeah I should probably go to the doctor to get more information it was in that moment that I realized what am I doing why why am i why why am i ignoring what's going on with me right and um that was when i was like okay i'm not doing that anymore yeah Yeah. wow that is so powerful because i feel like you have to acknowledge Mm -hmm. the problem Mm -hmm. and that's what you say like hey something's wrong and it's almost like you Get, try to get that validation outside of yourself. Although your intuition is like, hey, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. And you're like, should I go to the doctor? Right. Should I go to the doctor? Do you think I should go uh, yes. to the doctor? It's like, I don't know, your intuition is right. your body. Literally <laughs> saying, go. go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for people to hear. It's like, mm-hmm. if your body is telling you like, hey, I, I need some help, I need some support to mm-hmm. get that support. And I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And then taking care of yourself. I love you. like, put yourself first mm-hmm. is your motto and, mm-hmm. and mine as well yourself first, then others, then the world. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about like spirituality? Mm-hmm. As you know, spirituality is really important for yeah. us in the Get Loved Up community and how, you know, that plays a part in mm-hmm. your self-care. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, you know, when you say spirituality, people often think religion first. Mm-hmm. And while yes, that can be a part. And for me, it, it was a part. Like I grew up Christian and um, in my adult years, I became very, very strong in my faith and my relationship with God. Um, but so in 2020, I was a part of this church called Hillsong. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get I'm going to get real and very deep. OK, mm-hmm. so at the end of 2020, there was this really huge scandal. <laughs> like it was all over the news. This pastor like, you know, it was it's all over the news. It's still all over the news. And. So the thing is, I was very involved with that church. Mm-hmm. And when I was living in New York and I was um, in New Jersey, in New York, um, I was very involved with that church. And then I came out to L.A. and then I was involved with the church here. So I was very like deep in the community. And then when that scandal came out and it came out that like people who I looked up to weren't operating in a spiritual way or in like just on a higher vibration, I was just kind of like, what is going on? And then I also had to deconstruct my mind around Christianity mm-hmm. and even just the way I saw spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to go on my own path. So that was at the end of 2020. And then I like got the book deal in 2021. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was confirmation that I don't need to be part of a church to kind of like have this um, um, connection with with God or the higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is you know something I do talk back 
talk about in the book. It's like mm-hmm. you got to find your high power for yourself because mm-hmm. um, often we like to have it be dictated by our community and mm-hmm. the people around us. And we don't want to discover it for ourselves. And we just kind of want to go off of what everyone's telling us. So I, I really had to like do that work myself and um for me spirituality yeah it does include like i have a very personal relationship with god but then also it's literally like listening to myself listening to my intuition taking quiet moments um to really like listen to what the spirit is telling me about certain things um and not being afraid to listen to what the spirit is telling me because sometimes you know that's been part of my self-care work is actually trusting my intuition Mm. and trusting the things that I'm being told and, um, you know, really believing them. Mm. I love that. Thank you for breaking that down because I do believe, you know, also from a Christian background, Mm -hmm. I believe in, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is inside of us, each one of us. And that if we follow that divine guidance, Mm -hmm. that that spiritual guidance inside, we don't have to look outside of us and try to find the answer because it's inside. And that is in most religions, if you really connect, you Mm -hmm. know, even though, even though in Christianity, we Mm -hmm. pray to someone outside of us, Mm -hmm. we, I mean, when you, when I got baptized, it was like me believing in the Trinity, the Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is what I felt. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you're saying, I'm trusting that more, the intuition and I feel like it doesn't matter how people get there Mm -hmm. like what religion gets you there or whatever I think but once you get there sometimes leaving a religion can get you there but you're there and that's what's beautiful and I could just Mm -hmm. feel your glow and Mm -hmm. feel your energy and feel your vibration and you know sometimes we talk about like oh I'm sorry this happened I'm sorry that happened but everything if we acknowledge it and don't look at it as good or bad Mm. it's just really moving us towards the light yes right and I love what you say in your book about just really being aware of your intuition Mm -hmm. and allowing it to guide you to you know whatever works for you in the tip you give us over 150 (laughs) tips so I'm curious to like give me your top five oh what are your top five okay (laughs) those would be the ones you do every single day Okay. Um, definitely listen to your intuition. That is one that's been like my biggest work that I've been doing. And it's been absolutely great. Um, stop policing your speech. That's mm. one that it's like I've worked on not, you know, holding back what I want to say because I'm afraid I'm going to be perceived as like an angry black woman or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, drink your water. That's mm. a basic one. But I noticed um, because of the pandemic and as a professional psychotherapist, like Mm -hmm. I noticed that I had been neglecting drinking water, just Mm -hmm. just a basic need and how much that actually impacted me. You know, I'd be like, I'm so anxious, but maybe I just need to drink some water. That part. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like when's the last time you actually had some water? And it's like, oh, that's why. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Um, Let's see. Uh, Build a healthy sisterhood. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very big on that. I would say that's that's definitely one of my top five. If not, that's actually probably my number one. I I believe in building a healthy sisterhood. I believe in connecting with other women, especially mm-hmm. other Black women. Um, I've built a great great group of friends around me who like I can be my my most vulnerable self with. They uplift me. They pray for me. They you know encourage me. They give me guidance. Like it's like it's the best. And I think that is like one of the best things as Black women that we can have is people in our corner that look mm-hmm. like us who can really just get us to our higher selves and help us, you know, be there at most of the time. Yeah. So, and what's that for? Drink water. Yeah. And then 
Fifth one, I would say, is spend time in the sun. Mm, mm-hmm. That vitamin D. D. Yes, I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. And just for the sister, just so y'all know, mm-hmm. when I found out this, we were going to do it over Zoom. <laughs> and when I found out this woman was in LA, I was like, uh-uh, I got to mm-hmm. see her in person. I got to feel her vibration. And I'm so glad I did because yes. it's so different. I'm so grateful for Zoom and be able to still impact virtually mm-hmm. and even impact even more virtually. I'm so grateful for that mm-hmm. and social media. But you cannot mm-hmm. replace this person-to-person contact, energy, mm-hmm. hugs. Yes. And it just it just feels so great. And one of your tips is, you know, create a community around yourself, create a sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Can you give some people mm-hmm. a couple tips? Because you also have some more tips around who you should have into your life and who should, you should like detox from your life. And I think people need to hear it yeah. because sometimes those toxic people in your life can bring you down. Yeah, definitely, right? I feel like in the book I talked about like, get rid of limiting friendships Mm -hmm. and that those are people who just you know they've always got something negative to say about your vision Mm -hmm. and they've always got something to say that's like against what where you want to go um and also people who are emotionally immature um and that you know emotional maturity is really as some someone who's in tune with themselves and not afraid to address those things that they're feeling and can clearly communicate like how they're feeling what's going on and you know we live in a society where a lot of people are not Mm -hmm. (laughs) emotionally mature so um if you can get away from those people or limit the interaction then absolutely and um you know, since we're talking about black women, I also said stay away from like well-meaning white people. And what I mean by that specifically, it's just, you know, people who, you know, the racism is a little bit covert, um, who might trigger, who may trigger microaggressions, relax, re- your reactions to microaggressions. So like, you know, if you interact with micro- microaggressions a lot, it can really just keep building up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes stay away from that person. That's... Mm-hmm just, you know, not making you feel too good. Yeah, that's so powerful Mm -hmm. because I definitely, growing up even, being Mm -hmm. the only Mm -hmm. um, black woman in different rooms and then coming into yoga and being the only black woman in a lot of those spaces, you know, I didn't know for a long time why I felt myself closing Mm -hmm. down and feeling small and feeling like I wasn't enough. I wasn't born like that. I was born sassy and triple Leo Mm -hmm. and like all this fierceness. (laughs) And then, you know, family, you know, stuff I'm Mm -hmm. shrinking, then school stuff I'm shrinking. And then I just found myself shrinking. And now, even now, to be honest, I'm still finding myself healing. And I have to thank Mm -hmm. this time that we've had within where I'm not running around, getting on every flight and doing, because I have done so much healing from microaggressions mm. that I did not understand how mm. deeply they were harming me and how important that self-care tip is. Yeah. And when I read that in your book, I was like, you know what? People need to hear and understand yeah. that it matters. You might think you're strong enough. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. I know she doesn't mean it. I know she's not racist. Mm-hmm. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. And your body's keeping score exactly. if you're not. So exactly. thank you. Like I got chills all yes. over my body because I realized it's like, Yeah, that is. And everyone is loved, but it hurts. And if you can't communicate Mm -hmm. and you can't say like, hey, this hurts me, this is harming me, Mm -hmm. then you have to make that decision for a healthy boundary. Yeah, I I call that, I think I said it in the book, but I call it white people fatigue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Because you know what? You're just, you're tired of putting on a mask, right? You're tired. 
you're telling them the mask that you're like, oh, I'm fine. Like, oh, you know, hearing about my hair 50 times a day or whatever, you know, like every day when I go to work or whatever, you know, oh, it's not getting to me. But mm-hmm. it does. It does eventually. And I, I identify with that. I grew up in mostly white spaces and I didn't realize how much growing up in those spaces impacted me until I left the media industry and was like, wow, like this really this has been in my body, in my mind, in my soul. Like I really got to take care of this. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that because I feel like within the last year, people becoming more aware mm-hmm. is helping a little bit, mm-hmm. a tank, you know, yes. <laughs> um, with people being aware, like, oh, this is happening. Mm-hmm. And even with people like, that are experiencing it, it's like, oh, wow, that's how I feel. So I, I feel like the more that we talk about it and normalize talking about mm-hmm. microaggressions mm-hmm. And, and how they are well-meaning, yes. but intention doesn't equal impact. Exactly. And we got to address these things. Mm-hmm. And oh, I know a lot of people are going to be writing in and saying, yes, yes, yes. Thanks for saying that. Yes. Thanks for being honest. Thanks mm-hmm. for being vulnerable, because that's the only way that we're going to heal. Exactly. And so now I'm going to get into your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I want to unpack your lifestyle a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I love me some morning rituals, mm-hmm. you know, get loved up morning rituals. Mm-hmm. I love it. So what is like your, your morning routine? Okay. My morning routine right now looks like I wake up, you know, I make my bed. I turn on Tony Jones. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know Tony Jones. Yes, I do. She was on my last reel. <laughs> Met her in person. She's been, I adore uh, her. Adore her. Oh my gosh. Affirmations for a grown woman. Mm-hmm. That that changed my life when I heard it. So I still play. I know she's got new music, but I still play that specific album mm-hmm. in the morning because it's just it really gets me in the mindset to like, okay, like, yes. I, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> yes, yes, yep, yes, yep. yes. Like, it gets me in the mindset. And then, you know, I make um, my tea mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that's really it for me right now. Mm-hmm. You know, just, and some and, and it's quiet. So, well, with the Tony Jones in the background, but like, it's very still mm-hmm. before I even start. And I need to do that because mm-hmm. I need to be settled before I start my day. I love that. Mm-hmm. And what about at night? Do you have anything mm-hmm. that you do to kind of like wind yeah, you down? Yeah, yeah. So let's see. It'll also be tea because I love tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> it's chamomile, sometimes cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then sometimes I journal. And mm-hmm. if I'm not journaling, I will meditate. Mm-hmm. And I recently got this device called Sensate and it like vibrates on your chest and it's linked mm-hmm. to your phone and there's music. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be very helpful. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll put it on my chest and I'll lay down to go to, to like meditate and then I'll wake up like eight hours later because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just been on my chest and soothing me. And that's been very helpful because I noticed because of the pandemic and my profession like my anxiety went up in the last year so I had to just you know do something that really helped me and that's been really helpful Mm, I love it. Yes, you are a tea sister. I love tea in the morning, in the evening, in yes, the middle of the day. Yes. Or when you know when you walked in the door, I was like, "But you like some tea?" Yes. I mean, it's just so warming, and mm-hmm. also the herbs mm-hmm. are, are really exactly. important mm-hmm. as well. You also talked in your book about nutrition and how yes. it's important to eat. Can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about how important it is and how, especially with what you're going through, like mm-hmm. you know, health wise, how important yeah. nutrition is? Yeah, I'll share. So I went vegan and gluten free in 2017 so I did that because you know there was a trend around that time people were going vegan and Mm -hmm. trying it because there are multiple documentaries out but someone who did it told me she was like I had a lot of energy when I 
was like not eating meat or dairy. And I was like, you know what? I want to try that because that was my struggle. I, w- I could sleep for 12 hours. I would wake up in the morning and I would just be clogged up, my congested. I would be tired. I would, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I felt absolutely horrible. So once I went vegan for like a month, I was energy, you know, mm-hmm. I was just like up and at it. And I was like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my health issues began to go away that were related to the polycystic ovarian syndrome. Right. And I was just so amazed by this lifestyle. And I was just, I was like obsessed with it. I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone needs to go plant-based. Like your life is going to change. Um, so yeah. And I think because I've also become more intuitive and now I listen to my body and I pay attention to what I eat. I can know when, oh, I ate something that just was not right. And, you know, I should probably stay away from that. And I think nutrition is so important because sometimes if we eat the the wrong stuff, like it mm-hmm. can really clog up our heads. It can, you know, just make us feel worse. And um, I've definitely noticed if I've had too much takeout, even if mm-hmm. it is plant-based, if I've had too much takeout. That part. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I will definitely feel like, ooh, sluggish and tired. Mm-hmm. So... Absolutely. Oh. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, you know, I've been vegan for 16 years mm-hmm. now and I am a foodie to mm-hmm. the max. Mm-hmm. I'll eat anything as long as it's mm-hmm. vegan. But most of the time, 80% of the time, I'm eating healthy yeah. juices, fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds. And then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. 10% like pizzas, yes. burgers and exactly. all the restaurants, all the <laughs> things. But to your point, when it's processed, whether it's mm-hmm. vegan or not, your body has a harder time digesting. Mm-hmm. It's low. It's lower vibrational, yep. so you're not gonna get the same energy that you're getting from, you know, eating those, you know, yeah. good, nice, juicy fruits and vegetables. Exactly. So I love that. Okay, so now I'm really excited about just talking about your journey now mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, you took that leap that so many people are wanting to or thinking about it. What made you, I mean, you kind of shared what made you mm-hmm. transition, but can you tell us a little bit about your journey with mm-hmm. really stepping into your own? Okay. Well, so like about the book, like yeah. the book deal and all that. So, I mean, so I, I work full time as a psychiatric social worker, but um, the book, you know, my book journey, my book deal journey is not like the norm. Mm-hmm. You know, Simon and Schuster, they contacted me mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, you used to be an editor and now you're a social worker. We've got this book idea. Do you feel like this is something you can do? Mm. We want to do the topic on self-care for black women. And I was like, mm. God, <laughs> mm. uh, what? <laughs> so, and, you know, we started talking and, you know, I came up with the ideas of splitting it up into three and all that. And mm. it was, it was like, it was truly spiritual. Mm. And um, it, it was scary because I also was like, it was a short there was a short timeline. They wanted a manuscript in like two months and wow. all these things. Yeah. So, but the book is written in a way that I was used to writing. And because I went through, you know, editorial abuse, basically working at Cosmo and Double XL, it was kind of like, I just knew how to whip up this stuff really quick because I used to work mm. for a website. So it was like, I, I used to write like 10 articles a day. This is nothing to me. Wow. Um, the only difference is that I was also still working full time as a, right. <laughs> as a social worker. Um, so it was tough. It was tough, you know, trying to balance it and also like, you know, not knowing how to navigate contracts and all that and mm-hmm. having to reach out to friends who have been in similar situations. But, you know, I it's it's been scary. There was a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I had to have my friends really like back me up and be like, listen, like you are made for this. This is your moment. You know, you know, I 
I, w- I wouldn't say I almost turned down the deal, but I was definitely like, should I do this? Mm. And one of my friends was like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's Absolutely. like, are you crazy? Like, right. you're not going to say no. Like, right. <laughs> why yes. are you even thinking about saying no? Mm-hmm. And I was just, so she was just like, just think about all the opportunities that could come from this. Even right. if, if it's, it doesn't look exactly how you want it to look, because I've always wanted a book deal. It's something I've written about. It's something... Um, I wrote in my journals and I talked mm-hmm. about with my mom before she even passed away all those years ago. Um, so it, it was like, the, it doesn't look how I wanted it to. Like sometimes the things we want don't look exactly how we want them to. And right. once we finally get them, it's, if you're in tune with yourself and you're healed enough, you'll know like, this is exactly what I wanted. So, um, you know, stepping into being a, um, unsigned author, I don't have an agent. <laughs> so <laughs> stepping into being an author without an agent, um, was very, very scary. And it, it's still scary. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. And what about your journey? Because I did want you mm-hmm. to talk about from your your job as a journalist mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. social work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did you already have your degree? Was mm-hmm. that something that, or when did you get it? And things yeah. like that. So, okay. So after I left journalism, mm-hmm. um, I basically was like, what do I want to do? And I was like, what was the last job I truly liked? What was the last time I felt like I was working, but I wasn't working? And that Mm -hmm. was when I was working with kids. Mm -hmm. And so I became a preschool teacher and I realized I don't want to be a teacher. That's a very very hard job. Love teachers. That's a very hard job. Uh, And so then I remembered I loved babysitting. When I was in college and undergrad, I was a nanny on the side. And I remembered I loved that job so much. I really loved nurturing kids and working with families and I found like the most darlingest family that lived near my house in New Jersey and it was just like it was I was truly magical it was the best experience ever and once I got to like being in a place where I was working at a job where I really didn't feel like I was using a lot of brain space mm-hmm. I really was able to focus on okay what do I want to do next like professionally and mm-hmm. you know I had a friend who was just about to start her social work uh, degree or her master of social work program and she was like I think you might like social work because she knows me very well and she was like I think you might like this because I was thinking of becoming a therapist and mm-hmm. I just didn't know what avenue I wanted to go in because undergrad it was journalism and C's get degrees and I never thought I'd go to grad school like Mm. I was just not on my mind and she was just like just look at just look into it and once I looked into it and I found USC which is a great program and they're very like holistic they don't really look at your grades in undergrad and they take they look at the whole package and Mm. you know they looked at me and they looked at my my application and I got in and they offered me a scholarship. So I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going. And also once I got to LA, I fell in love with LA. And it was almost like as soon as I got here, the path made sense. Everything lined up exactly how it should be from my first internship as a social worker offering me a stipend, which is very rare Mm. um, because most people who are getting their master's of social work are working full time and also going to school full time. And it's, you know, there's no no extra financial, um, (laughs) you know, help. But, um, and then just from getting the right internships to just, just truly feeling like, oh, wow, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like Mm -hmm. LA felt like home, social Mm -hmm. work felt like home. I was coming into my own as a person, which is also just so important. I feel like as an adult is like, you need to sometimes get out of like an environment that you were in for so long to really kind of just grow and learn more about yourself. And that's what I was doing. And um, so, yeah. Mm, That's so beautiful. (laughs) And congratulations. You know, people, 
And that's one of your tips too, journaling. People don't understand the power of just writing down yes. what you desire yes. and what your dreams are. And I love how it's almost like the reality met you there. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I love that you share that because people are like, oh, the affirmations don't mean mm-hmm. anything. This journaling is a waste of time. Yeah. But really, you seeing it, you feeling it, you doing it has a big impact. Absolutely. So had you been journaling since you were a little girl or did that start later? Yeah, no, I've always been a journaler. Like I realized that I've always had a diary, even Mm -hmm. when I was like, you know, like nine or 10, I was always writing. And um, I'm from, I'm the internet generation, obviously. And it's like, we had online journals and Zangas and live journals. (laughs) I would do that. And um, even as an adult, I was journaling. So I keep a journal for every year and I label it. And, you know, every year at the beginning of the year, I actually would write out what I wanted, you know, and I would always have a word for the year. Um, And so I would always kind of just lead with that. And last year, the word was prosperity. So Mm. it it just like, you know, came through and... um, I just think journaling is so important because you kind of get all the thoughts out. Right. And you can really see what you want. And it really is helpful in manifesting your destiny. And um, so with the book, like at the beginning of 2021, I definitely was journaling and I was like writing all the things I wanted to do. And I decided to take action and like, I was like, I want to get a book deal by the end of 2021. So I did things like start a blog again and start writing and start editing people's work again. And I feel like because I opened that side of me up to Mm. the universe, like God was just like, okay, seems like you're ready for this world again. And and behold. That is beautiful. (laughs) If you do the work, Mm -hmm. the opportunities will come. Yes. I truly believe if you do the work, the opportunities will come. Mm -hmm. And so what do you feel like, you know, once, you know, as Mm -hmm. things are coming, I know things are not always like, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's scary. Um, You've been through a lot of pain. Like, Mm -hmm. can you kind of share people like, you know, when the darkness comes, Mm Like, how do you get your way through that? I know you have therapy and yeah. things like that, but some practical things that people can do at home when mm. they're just feeling sad and they're feeling scared. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think first it's like kind of accepting that yeah. you're sad. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we don't want to accept that and we're yeah. Gonna be like, yeah, we're okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But no, I think sometimes when you're sad, it's you actually have to acknowledge that, okay, this mm-hmm. is how I'm feeling. So, and it's also helpful to have like a supportive system, whether it's people or other, you know, avenues you reach out to. But I definitely think like it's helpful to have people who you can be very open with. Right. um, And who also know you, who also Mm -hmm. know like, oh, I haven't talked to you in a while. Like what's going on? Or just, they just know your normal behaviors. Right. And I think that's so important. Um, But I would say do when you're sad do whatever makes you feel better mm-hmm. and that that look that's very individual you right. know um and it and i and i know it can sound superficial like do whatever makes you feel better i mean and i also know sometimes when you're sad and you're depressed you don't really know what will make you feel better mm-hmm. so practically sometimes get up and move sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to move your body right um because when we're sad we're like you know set it we're just like sitting and we're set in our ways and we're not moving and sometimes you need to just get up mm-hmm. and get some life into your body and sometimes that really does help Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think somatic, like, yes. and moving that energy is mm-hmm. just so important because you've been talking about this book, how, like, you know, things 
trap inside you like feelings, emotions, mm-hmm. and those emotions are the answer. Yes. And you talk about, you know, the brain mm-hmm. and um, the nervous system. So can you talk, get a little no. sciencey with <laughs> us because you share that in your yeah, book and I, I like do. that you went there just a little yeah. bit, just enough. I feel mm-hmm. like your, your book is very practical and yes. digestible, but you did go there um, mm-hmm. with sharing some of the, the deeper things that, you know, we need to do to calm down our nervous system. Yeah, share. I know. So I love that because, you know, I mean, I got my master's in social work and in social work school, we do talk about that stuff and it's very fascinating. Um, but yeah, our body really does hold on to a lot of emotions and it, it, I mean, it keeps the score. It really does like trap all those things in. And so the thing that's so great about our brain though, is that our brain, even though it's damaged, it can like, it can recalibrate. It can, you know, neuroplasticity is what it's called. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it can really like, just be like, it can go back to the direction you want it to go, but you have to train it to go that way. Right. Um, just like with anything, if you want, you know, to you know, build muscle, you've got to train. Mm-hmm. So um, your mind and your body, your soul, they're all one. And like your body, um, sometimes it can really like just hold on to these emotions and not and just create, you know, aches and muscles and pains and turn into sicknesses. And if we're not moving our body sometimes that can just really impact our mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And ha- expressing and releasing movement, mm-hmm. journaling, like mm-hmm. all of these amazing things um, just help process some of that yeah. energy. I feel like this whole, the whole book is literally <laughs> giving people ideas on mm-hmm. how they can process their emotions. Yeah, definitely. And even something as simple as like, um, Doing a bend down, doing a bend forward. Right. You know, you do yoga. Forward fold. Forward fold. Yes. Yes, The forward fold is so good for relaxing the parasympathetic system. Mm -hmm. And the parasympathetic system is the system in your body that really just sends the signals to your body to kind of just chill. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to like know, you know, what movements those are. Um, It could be very beneficial to you. Yes, I agree. I love it. So now that we're getting close to the end, um, I like to ask people their favorite things. So what's your favorite book outside of your own that you've read in the last two years, I guess? Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, okay. I love the Crazy Rich Asian series. This has nothing to do with self-care for black women or Asians, <laughs> but like, I love them. They are fun. They're fun, 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 fun books. Um, so I often like to do read fiction um, mm-hmm. to kind of get away. Sometimes you do need to take a break from reading all the self-help stuff. And it's right. nice to like dive into something that's absolutely ridiculous. And um, it's fun. They're fun. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said that because I think that's so important to, and just speaks to how the more we embrace all different cultures, the mm-hmm. more we grow as a as people mm-hmm. and as, as humanity and yeah. just respecting and diving into, okay, what's funny to me? What's mm-hmm. funny to this culture? What, mm-hmm. you know? And so thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And what is your favorite tea since we Ooh. both love tea? What's your favorite? Oh my gosh. Just pick one. I know. <laughs> Can I do It's unfair. I know. But... Okay, I will say... One tea for the rest of your life. One tea for the rest of my life? Oh, dear God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, okay, can I say... Wow, this is a very hard question for me. Um, (laughs) Raspberry. I love raspberry. It's good for your uterus. It's Mm -hmm. good for, you know, women, reproductive health. So I would say overall, it's a good one. It's a good Mm. one. It's nice and relaxing and tastes good. Yes, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. I love raspberry, yes, red love raspberry. Oof. Yes, 
Yes. My favorite. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank mm -hmm. you. And if you had one message that you can just mm. give the world and say, you know what? Live by this. What would it be? Mm. Ooh, that's a very good question. It's one thing I could tell the world. Well, I mean, my motto is put yourself first. Mm. But I say your wellness is your greatest resistance mm. in society. It's mm. the greatest thing you can do to, you know, push back against grind culture, capitalism mm -hmm. culture. Like, it's just, your wellness is your resistance. Your wellness is. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on the Get Loved Up podcast. Yeah. It's just been such a treat to meet you in person. Such a treat to listen to your book. By the way, I highly suggest <laughs> you listen to it. It is on Audible. So yeah. just listening to it is just so beautiful. And it's a beautiful book. So I highly yeah. suggest you all go out and get it. Where can people find you? Well, let's see. You can find me on Instagram. On Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, Oludara Adio. Um, I'm mainly, I, well, my platforms are all different. Like Instagram is fun and it's very safe space for black women. TikTok, if you decide to follow me on TikTok, um, it's very fun. I, I'm learning Spanish. And so my community on TikTok is very heavily Argentinian right now. Mm. So, but it's a fun space. I love TikTok. That's fun. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm an 80s baby, so yes. it's like, ooh. Um, you really got to get into the groove of yes. it. But when you get into the groove of it, it is so much fun. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so definitely check her out on all the social media platforms. <laughs> definitely get you and a friend a copy of the book. Mm -hmm. They'll love it. Everything is totally bite-sizable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Thank, thank you for coming you. and blessing us with your brilliance. Mm -hmm. And until next time, love yourself, love others, and love the world one day at a time. One breath at a time. Peace and love. Bye. I just want to take a moment to say thank you for being part of the Get Loved Up community. I like to share topics and people making a positive impact in the world. And your feedback means the world to me. If you haven't already left a review, please leave a five-star review and let me know what you want to hear more of on the show. I'm here for you. And together, we're making the world a better place. One day at a time one show at a time. Thank you for listening.